0: Hey hey, and welcome to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco,
1: and I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Uh, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty good.
0: Yeah, How are you? pretty good. It's a, it's a big episode here for Podcast yeah. Valley Sunday.
1: It's a bittersweet moment. It really at is. Podcast Valley Sunday
0: headquarters. We've come to episode fifty-eight of the Monkeys, the final mm. episode of the series. Uh Mija Kojo, aka the Frotus Caper. And I have to be honest, I never knew it as anything else. I always thought it was just called the Frotus Caper.
1: Yeah, me too. Well, <laughs> I knew the Mija Kojo thing from uh this book and like the back of Birds and the Bees and the Monkeys, but it's pretty neat.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. It's uh, directed by our main man, Mickey Dolans. How about that? In the director's seat, written by Mickey Dolans and Dave Evans. And originally aired on March 25th, 1968. Wow. Yes.
1: The birth date of a uh, future new monkey, Larry Saltus.
0: <laughs> there you go. Interesting. That's right. I remember that coming up in our new monkeys episode. So the passing of the torch happened on this day. <laughs> Just Sorry. Nobody knew it yet. <laughs> For real. <laughs> and uh, I do want to, if you listen to our last program, at the end of it there, you heard a little thing going. I just want to give a shout out to our main man, Mike Metagliano who uh, I hope I said your last name right. He made up that Frotus caper bit, and it's our first piece of fan art we've ever gotten.
1: For real. It's very cool to hear someone or something else say, uh, Podcast Valley Sunday. So that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was really neat. Yeah. There's a nice little bit of editing on your part at the end of the episode there, I must say.
0: Yes. I hope everybody was like, oh my God, they uploaded something that doesn't work. It <laughs> came through. But yeah, We just wanted people wanted to give a shout-out because he did it and didn't want to think we were just doing it ourselves. So you always got to give props, always.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it, was, it was a fun surprise, to be sure. Even Just receiving that was very cool, and be, be able to use it is even cooler.
0: Yeah, when we first got it, I was like, ooh, this is cool. We should just play it because we got it like a couple, like a month or so ago.
1: And the, the end was on the horizon.
0: Yeah, exactly. So then I figured, oh, we could use this as like a, a, a teaser for the next For the final episode, so there it was, and pretty fun. Yeah, it was perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so back to the Frodus Caper here. We open up to like a weird contraption that leads to a magnifying glass, and the sun shines through it and burns a rope that drops a needle on a record, and "Good Morning, Good Morning" by the Beatles starts to play, and we see that we're in the monkey's bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool to hear "Good Morning, Good Morning" and a great contraption. To, to be an alarm clock.
1: It's pretty neat. Definitely uh, it feels very Mickey.
0: Definitely. Very first season Mickey. was <laughs> a gadget guru. Yeah. And so each guy is in their bed with the car sheets on it. And uh, they each knock an alarm clock off the table beside their bed. Except for Peter, who once again isn't there. <laughs> it's two episodes in a row we open up without <laughs> Peter. So Davey asks where Peter is. And Mike says, He's probably not back in his dream yet. And he says, that's impossible. Peter doesn't dream. Which leads to Mike saying, well, in that case, he's gone.
1: <laughs> so, I had to get one more in there.
0: Yeah. One thing I'll step in right now and say, this episode is like an amalgamation of so many monkeys tropes. Kind of yes. like the last one, but this one, Mickey really hammers at home.
1: Oh, yeah. They they round up a bit of everything.
0: <laughs> so uh, So Mike freaks out. And they rock the film back and forth a little bit, another Monkey's thing. And mm-hmm. they decide to go downstairs, and we get another Monkey's classic, Freeze Frame, with the words Freeze Frame on state, on the screen. <laughs> yeah. And I heard that uh, this, this actually, this part here I read was the inspiration for the song Freeze Frame that came out <laughs> you know in the 80s. It? it was part of the Monkey's uh, re- renaissance. They saw That's that episode, and like, that'd be a great song title.
1: By the J. Giles band?
0: Yeah. Because he said, what did that say? The one guy missed it. And the one guy said, freeze frame. He said, freeze frame? He said, freeze frame. Freeze and frame, they're like, wait frame. a second. Ooh. And then someone stepped on a cat, and they went, <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, that's so annoying. We should make it a song. And then freeze frame was born. Wow. Didn't and, know that. And America's Funniest Home Videos has been using it ever since. <laughs> so the boys take off, and they go downstairs, and they, they're looking for Peter. And once again, Peter's in a trance. It's two episodes where Peter's in a trance. Back
1: (laughs) to back. Back to
0: back. So he's sitting in front of the TV, but no one can find him. They're looking all around him and can't seem to find Peter, even though he's sitting there.
1: You see, they they skip the step where he got kidnapped or something. Yeah. He's just in a trance at
0: home. Yeah, exactly. So Mickey goes through a pile of clothes and he finds his bass drum. Hey! and uh, they can't seem to find peter anywhere even though he's right in front of them and mike says that there's only one thing left to do and there's a jump cut and mike now has a lost and found sign around his neck and his sunglasses which he was wearing while he was sleeping are now upside down (laughs) and mike looks like he's a jewel thief from a cartoon (laughs) he just looks so he's all dressed in black got those tinted glasses and for so real. Mike introduces himself as a lost and found man. And Mickey says he's looking for Peter Torque. And a, a quick flash of Peter's face from the end credits, <laughs> like the, the yeah. yellow background. And uh, Mike says that it's a coincidence because he's looking for him himself. And Mickey asks if he's found him. And Mike says, no, I'm Sandra Ford I didn't. <laughs> and then we oh. jump cut back to normal Mickey and Mike. And Mickey starts <laughs> to cry because Peter's <laughs> not there. So someone has to cry. Yeah. And uh, Davy's checking out Peter, but doesn't seem to connect the dots that it's Peter. And he tells Mickey and Mike there's there's another weird statue with the wooden Indian statue. And they go to check it out. And Mickey and Mike, are uh, they have working eyes and brains. And they realize that it's Peter. <laughs> and so Mickey realized that the image on the TV must have put him into a trance. And as the boys are looking at it, they too become all trancy. But luckily, oh, they, they make their way slowly towards the TV and turn it off. And they think it's pretty weird, but Mike tells them that, that if they think that that's weird, they should stick around and see what happens after the intro.
1: Yeah, and uh, after, the, after the commercial, yeah,
0: yeah, he says um,
1: that. But the first little thing when uh, Mickey finds the drum, I wonder if that was a subtle little thing. There's like, oh yeah, we're also a music band
0: sometimes. It could be, yeah. This whole season, it's been they've been uh, under clothes, <laughs> it's, like, couldn't be a band <laughs> for but real. That's a good point. That's a good catch. And uh, so then Mike starts lifting, listing off pretty much everything that's going to happen in the episode. Well, there's this weird guy named Wizard Glick who is really Gleck. evil, and then the people who live next door. Well, all the to the to do oh, it's and incredible! It's and they walk off set, and it goes dark, and then we hear a gunshot for some reason.
1: <laughs> which? Oh, that's uh, shooting the last alarm clock that's been ringing this whole time during the uh, the cold open.
0: So, okay, so the gunshot is that. And so then that leads us into the intro. Yeah,
1: about two and a half minutes in, but they, they snuck a gun under the wire here in the 58th episode. Just yeah. Just off, off camera anyway. Yeah,
0: exactly. I was wondering. I was like, oh, man, how are they going out? But they're going out shooting. With a bang. <laughs> they're going out with a bang. <laughs> so we come back to a spooky sounding theme. And I like that they had one of these themes for the last episode because the last one didn't have it. And we see the boys running down the street. Mickey and Mike check on the neighbors. And inside, the family's watching the TV, and they're all in a trance. Mike says he thinks the test pattern has a hold of everybody, and they better check on the other neighbors. And they start to leave, but Mickey doesn't move. So so Mike comes back and says the same thing, (laughs) tries to leave again, but Mickey's getting sucked into the trance. So Mike comes in and he screams at Mickey, which scares the crap out of Mickey. And he just like screams his way out the door. Mickey's turned up for this episode he's directing. Oh yeah. He's really feeling it. So Davey runs up to another house and inside he sees Niles, who's obviously his best friend. And uh, (laughs) he's staring at the TV and Davey tries to snap him out of it and he tells him that he's in a trance. Then Niles turns to him and says... What TV? Man, I'm always like this. (laughs) And Davey freaks out and takes off and meets up with Mickey and Mike on the lawn. And Mickey says they need to get to the TV station and figure out what's going on. That's obviously, they should take it into their own hands. (laughs) Go do this at the TV station. So they get into the TV studio and see a stagehand, but he's also in a trance and can't talk. So Mickey wonders what kind of maniacal mind could be plotting such a conspiracy. And we cut like to the broadcast room or whatever it would be, and we see Wizard Glick played by our main man Rip Taylor. Wow. And his cronies. It's working. <laughs> like was Monty Landis like had to do a guest spot on Batman or something tonight? <laughs> <Like>, yeah.
1: Something <laughs> Get Rip Taylor on the phone. Yeah. Man oh man. Once Rip Taylor, always Rip Taylor.
0: Right? Like if you watch and like the Jackass movies, he's in the end of the Jackass yeah. movies and he might as well be playing wizard Glick because <laughs> he's got one note, but he plays it perfectly. Uh, yep. So we go back to the boys who say, oh yeah, that kind of evil person. And Mickey suddenly realizes <laughs> who can help them. This looks like a job for monkey men. And Davy sees a phone booth and they all run to it. Which shows us uh, that the wall of the TV studio was just a fake wall. And like they, they run and they're outside the whole time. Which is pretty impressive, I think. There's <laughs> some good lighting uh, there. TV magic. TV magic. And so just as they're all about to change in the phone booth, Davy sees a sign.
1: Federal law, W443, paragraph 7, prohibits the use of any public phone booth for the
0: purpose of changing into or out of secret identification. <sighs> And so Mickey says, if they can't change into their secret identities, the entire TV audience is doomed. And Davy no. says to look out, it's the heat. And we see a telephone <laughs> van <laughs> drive by. <laughs> and Mike says, that's okay. They just won't change. And then they all try to get out of the booth, but of course they can't. And there's not even glass on the doors. Like Mickey just jumps through the one window. <laughs> he totally does. D- Davy scoots through the bottom. when Mike has the most trouble trying to get out. Uh. And then we cut to a disturbingly close close-up of Glick's mouth. And it's, it's very moist and disgusting. Right in there. And uh, he's saying that his plan is almost complete, and soon it will be 12. And a shot of the clock shows that it's 10 to 12. And his disgusting mouth says that he will throw the switch that will activate the, the freeble energizer, which will unleash the power of the Frotus. And with the aid of his villainous henchmen, who are the monkey stand-ins, and they're all holding little Frotus machines that I would love <laughs> to be able to buy. One of those little oh TVs God. with the Frotus thing on it. Uh, with that, he can control the minds of millions. And then we cut to some stock footage of Hitler, for, for crying out loud. And uh, they're very loose with the Nazi Hitler stuff I've noticed in the 60s. Or at least bit, on the monkeys. Maybe everything else was like, no, no, no. But monkeys are like, we'll show Hitler. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Vietnam ain't so bad. Remember Hitler?
0: Probably that's it, right? Yeah. So one of the henchmen says, hey boss, look at this. And Glick corrects him and says, look at this, your royal wizardry. And the guy thinks that he's talking to him and he comes over to look and Glick gets instantly (laughs) pissed off and hits him with his wand. (laughs) And uh, Glick asks what the issue is and the dude says that it's the monkey man monitor. It hasn't been active in five years. So Glick gets re-pissed and calls them swine. Not swine, monkeys. And Glick says that they think they're gonna get into his citadel. So he tells the dude to release the two-headed org. And uh, Glick is wearing like a cape and like a pilgrim's hat, which is a weird <laughs> it's get-up. Weird,
1: it's very weird getup, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so the dude snaps his fingers and a hand switches the lever by a sign that says two-headed org release, and the org is released. And it's kind of lackluster because just two dudes with pantyhose on their heads sharing a leopard print dress and they just pound on their chests and cough.
1: They're they're two of the, the stand in henchmen guys, yeah, exactly. clearly. Yeah. Just throwing this thing. Yeah, exactly. I
0: feel like they were at the end of like the, their wardrobe room and they're just like, oh, shoot, we need, <laughs> what do we got here? Some pantyhose and a leotard. Okay, put those on those guys and we'll go with that. So uh, and it comes up again later. I'll we'll point it out. So Mickey, Mike, and Dave are walking through the studio, and Mickey freaks out. Oh, blood, 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 a and the bo- other boys freak out. Mike suggests that they look in the Monkey Men manual, and Mickey just happens to have it stuffed down his pants. Oh, nice! So he looks through it, and he realizes that to take care of a two-headed org, so the boys do it, and the org dies. <laughs> it's them cheering. And uh they sing ding dong the org is dead, and Glick and his henchmen are watching on the monkey men monitor and he freaks out, knocks off his pilgrim hat, and so one of the henchmen puts it on. I honestly I thought they were gonna like pass it down the line, like it was gonna keep going to the next guy behind him.
1: No, and, they're uh, not, that imp- not that improv. No. But I lo- I remember loving the the cabbage and the giggling. <laughs> like that was the kind of just random shit I was into back when we were into this in the nineties. It was so funny, it's so cute.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. I love that they have they happen to have the, the cabbage with them.
1: <laughs> Just, I don't know where they produced this cabbage.
0: <laughs> so Glick tells them to release the TV repairmen because they've never let him down. And a hand switches the lever next to a sign that says TV repairmen, release. <laughs> and a, a bunch of TV repairmen come out of a closet, each holding TVs with the weird test pattern on it. And so one of them hides as the boys come up to him. But they all get distracted by the cardboard box, and they don't look at the TV. Like these guys keep trying to get the monkeys to look at these tiny portable televisions. Yeah. Like Davy's going through a pile of stuff, and the repairman comes up behind him holding a TV, but Davy's cluelessness saves him, and he never <laughs> notices it. Uh, the repairman looks at the TV to make sure it's working, and then he falls under the trance. Another dry guy tries to get them with his TV, but it starts acting up and they walk right past him. And so the boys are walking behind another set. Like, I wonder what set it is, or if it's just like the pad. You know what I mean? That's a good question. Yeah, maybe it's the farmer's daughter set <laughs> to go full circle.
1: You know you know
0: what's in that drawer? <laughs> so, uh, and another TV repairman tries to get them, but a pretty girl opens the door and the boys follow her. <laughs> There's always a pretty mm. girl to save them.
1: Mm. I think that was Valerie. I'm not 100% sure. Though. I-,
0: I wondered that too. There's another girl who comes up. I was like, who is that Valerie? I don't know. Yeah. So then there's some stock footage of a tidal wave and the TV repairman leaves. I don't. I wonder what that stock footage of the tidal wave means. Ah, there's got, see, go,
1: got go a lot of stock footage to get through. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah. See, Glick should have hired TV repair women instead so he, get, he could get the monkeys and also lead the way in the TV repair industry with equal rights. Like, he would have been a hero. Mm. To the, <laughs> <laughs> For real.
1: That's the lasting impact of this. <laughs> the, the monkey series
0: a Wizard click. yeah so then we go to a commercial from there K-E-double-L. and uh, Davey Mickey and Mike are walking around and Mike suddenly tells them one, no one, no one. hey wait a minute guys you know what it's 7.36 30 central time it's time for the monkeys what well, everybody around here's got a television set and then all of a sudden they get surrounded by TV repairmen holding TVs so the boys are tied to chairs and they say that there's no way they're going to get out of there and if only they could get a hold of somebody. And Mike says, What about Peter? And Mickey says that he's all the way back at the pad, which is probably right on the other side of one of these set walls, really. But yeah. uh, Mike says, What about mental telepathy? And Davy says, Do you mean like that psychedelic stuff? And Mike says, yeah, all the groups are doing it, you know, psychoj. Psycho Jell-O. That <laughs> oh, <laughs> comes up a lot. It does. Jello should have had a tie-in, like monkeys psychogello. It could have been red and tasted like monkey paws or something.
1: J-E-double-L. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity, folks. Oh, man.
0: So Davey asks how it works. Mike says he doesn't know, but Mickey does. And he says that they have to concentrate really hard and repeat this chant. And Mike asks if it's a chant that he learned when he was studying transcendental meditation under an Indian mystic. And Mickey says, It's a chant that I learned when I sent in a cereal box stop. Probably the <laughs> Kellogg's cereal box top, Spe- I would assume. Speaking of sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> so they start to chant, and then they jump cut like to Mike and Mickey in like some Indian garb with a sitar and little drums. <laughs> and we see that back at the pad, Peter's starting to hear them. Mm-hmm. And Peter says he's starting to feel like he's being impelled to move by the chant of the transcendental meditations of an Indian mystic. And he hears Mickey <laughs> Mickey's voice say, No, Peter, it's a chant I got with a cereal box top. And then that's good enough for Peter. And he gets up and takes (laughs) off. So we see Mike and Mickey chanting. And Mickey chants that it's working. It's working. And Mike says, how do you know? How do you know? No, Peter, it's a chant I got with a cereal box top. Classic monkeys. (laughs) Uh, Classic. Yes. Love it. So Glick is watching Peter through the monkey man monitor. And he says that he won't be able to stop him. And go back to Mike and Mickey chanting, back to Glick watching Peter, chanting, Glick Peter talking to a pretty girl, tidal wave, (laughs) chanting, Peter walking alone. Glick watching Peter walk right up to his front door where Peter knocks and Glick answers and asks Peter if he can help him. (laughs) Peter says that he's getting a telepathic message to come to the TV studio and Glick invites him in. And then Peter's getting tied to a chair with all the other boys so
1: oh, geez.
0: he made it there but you know maybe a little <laughs> little hitch
1: the yeah, instructions were unclear as to what he was supposed to do when he got there
0: yeah exactly it was just get here so you know he followed what he had to do yeah. so Davey and Mike asked Mickey what was up with the chant because they thought it came to, with a guarantee
1: well uh, yeah it does come with a guarantee however it only covers the chant or is not the chantee
0: and Peter of course Dope. is chantee <laughs> of course so Peter sees a telephone and bounces over to it and calls the cops. All the while, Mike is trying to get his attention. And Peter makes the call and bounces back, and Mike shows him that he wasn't tied up anymore and that he could have done all that. <laughs> and Mickey says that they still have to defeat Glick and foil his evil plan, and Davey says that he has a plan to foil the plan. Glick and his henchmen are stoked that their plan is working, but suddenly Davy's up in the rafters with a megaphone, telling them that they're surrounded by the monkeys. Uh, Peter tells him not to reach for their weapons and Mickey tells him not to move and Mike says not even to attempt to write home
1: <laughs> Okay.
0: <laughs> what if the henchman tells Glick that they aren't licked yet and that he has a way to get them out of there and starts chanting and then the boys start yelling through their megaphones, and it becomes very nuts and annoying <laughs> a lot of chanting a lot of yelling just like oh god sakes so, cut two. the boys are tying up uh, Glick and his henchmen, and for some reason now they're all dressed in black. I don't know when they decided to make the, make the switch. Mm. And Davey says that they have what's-his-name, and Mickey tells him that it's Glick, and Davy says, okay, let's do that again. We've
1: got, uh, what's-his-name over there? Glick. Right, Glick. Let's do it again. Okay. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. I like that. when they re- they redo it, yeah.
0: Yeah, even uh, in the commentary, Mickey laughs at that part when it comes up. So it's <laughs> it's definitely Davy not knowing the lines.
1: And yeah, them dressed all in black is like a throwback to when they're the cat burglars or whatever at the at the picture frame one, one of the other ones. But it's this semi iconic monkey look, which which is nice considering we couldn't didn't get the monkey men suits on, so we got. We got this look at least.
0: So Davey says that they have Glick out of the way, but the machine is still going. So they have to find the Frotus and put it out of business. And Peter says, well, at least they got these villains. And then we hear a siren and the cops bust in with their, uh, with their guns pointed. So more guns. Oh, there we go. And so the guns are pointed at the monkeys and they say that they got their call and they'll get them out of the ropes in no time. And obviously they're not responding to Peter's call and the boys just should have stayed in the ropes. because. <laughs> <laughs> So, the fuzz thinks that the monkey men are trying to take over the world, and they round them up and get Glick and his henchmen out of the ropes. And Glick is super stoked and full of Rip Tailorness.
1: They're such bad kids, marvelous. They're villainous. I hate them. You did right by taking them away. I didn't do a thing. I'm innocent. You can see it's nothing at all. <laughs> Separate checks, please. <laughs> Faster, dum dum.
0: <laughs> and uh, <Rip-a-tood. laughs> So the cops are taking the monkeys away, but then realize that it's time for Dragnet and that's what there's a TV around. And Mickey points to the one in the window and all the cops are under the trance of the Frotus. <laughs> so the boys take off, but Peter's now <laughs> under the trance again, so they have to carry him away. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Poor Peter. Man. So back at the TV studio, the boys carry Peter through the door and then <laughs> first he gets stuck and they have to do it a couple times. And Mickey says <laughs> that they have to stop Glick. And Mike comments that it was very easy to get in there and wonder if it was some kind of a trick, a glick trick, if you will. Mm. And then we cut to Mike. It was some kind of a trick. So the boys are chained together with a sleeping guard who has the keys and Mike attempts to get them from him. But when he leans forward, he chokes Mickey. (laughs) So Mike wakes him up and asks if he'd like to engage in a game of chance with them. And the guard says that he doesn't have any money. And the guys say, oh, well, you know, we could play for your gun or for the filing cabinet or for even your keys, maybe. And the guard uh-huh. says, well, he couldn't play for his keys. And Davy says, even for this lifelike statue, which is Peter. <laughs> <laughs> the guard seems really into this sex doll of Peter Tork. And, uh, <laughs> and now he says, well, they could play a couple hands. And Mickey says, well, they don't have any cards.
1: Cards? Did you say cards? I have cards.
0: And he pulls a deck of loose cards out of his mouth, magician style. <laughs> and he does a bunch of quick tricks. And the boys know that they're in over their heads. Uh, and, uh, yeah, immediately. And they say, well, maybe he wants to play cribbage." And the guard does, he asks how to play it, doesn't know how to play it. So the boys tell him to deal the cards. And then they essentially <laughs> make up the rules as they need to so they can win.
1: Yeah.
0: And oddly enough, they end up winning. And they take the keys and unlock themselves. But the guard, he keeps saying that he has a cribbage. I have a
1: cribbage. He has a creepage. He is like convinced. <laughs> this game he just found out about. He has a creepage.
0: Yeah, he's adamant.
1: Is this one of the scenes with the two cameras? And you can sort of tell is was shot with two cameras.
0: Yeah, Mickey does that in a couple scenes, he says. He does a couple scenes with two cameras when it's at its most wackiness. So the, mm-hmm. the editors will have an easier time cutting it together with continuity. And this is one of those times, with all the card tricks and all them yelling over each other.
1: Absolutely. And this is kind of a a. St- becomes sort of a, a standard thing the multi-camera sitcom like yep. mickey from being on the uh, in front of the camera kind of caught onto this as being like you know it would make this a lot better
0: yeah let's get two
1: of these cameras in here we have the we have the technology yeah exactly this will be a lot easier for everybody and we won't have to like move the camera and do the scene again for other angles and like very innovative yeah that's our man mickey dolan's
0: Yeah, and it's surprising that it wasn't done on more things at the time, right? Like, I guess they were still shooting to film, wasn't like to video like they are now, but still, it's still still pretty new. The fact that there's this this camera
1: recording stuff in color. Yeah. It's like, you you expect us to have two of these? Come on.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the boys carry Peter into another room, and of course, he gets hung up on the door again. And Mike said he's getting caught up seven times coming down the hall. So they just <laughs> lean him against the door and say they'll come back for him later. Tough episode for Peter. He doesn't do too much.
1: He's, yeah, it's. I wonder if. Ah, yeah, Mickey totally sidelines Peter in this episode. Makes him. <laughs> it gives him like almost no lines and yeah. is just in literal dummy mode. Yeah, most he, of the time
0: he's like Jennifer in the Back to the Future sequels, it's just like she's constantly passed out. They just carry her from place <laughs> to place and knock her unconscious.
1: I read uh, somewhere uh, Bob Zemeckis said uh, this, Peter in this episode is the inspiration for uh, <laughs> the treatment of Jennifer in Back to the Future, part 2
0: I agree. I think that was in the Back to the Future commentary he got that from. Wow. How about that? So they prop Peter up and he falls down and Davy catches him. So they prop him up again on a coat rack and there's a freeze frame with the word prop pointing at the coat rack <laughs> and Peter's fine there. So Mickey says that they have to find the Frotus room and stop it. But Davy says there are too many doors. How are they going to find the Frotus room? And suddenly a door <laughs> opens and some smoke pours out Niles from earlier. He uh, hangs a sign that says Frotus room and he walks away. Yeah, Frodus room. <laughs>
1: what, would, what would you do for a Frotus room sign?
0: Oh man, that'd be awesome. I do a lot just to have a Niles to hang out with all the time. <laughs> get super baked with them on the frotus so yeah man. the boys dash into the room and they close when they close the door one of the sides of the sign comes off and it swings which is probably a blooper but it works out perfectly oh totally you can't you can't trust niles to hang a perfect sign nah so the boys fall into the room and see the frotus is standing right in front of them and they get, the frotus is like a bunch of leaves and an obvious football Definitely <laughs> with, a football. With an eye uh, glue to it. Which again, scraping <laughs> the bottom of the prop room barrel, I think. For real. <laughs> it
1: was uh the football was in the pilgrim hat.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh Mickey pulls out the pea shooter and Davey has the peas, and Mickey tells Mike to make the shot count because they've only got one pea. and just as they're about to shoot, the frotus speaks. Wait, 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 please. And the boys freak out and the Frotus tells him that it's friendly and Glick captured it when its spaceship landed and his, and he's using the Frotus power to control people's minds. Hmm. So Frotus catches them all up right away. and <laughs> The Frotus needs to get back to its ship to recharge its energy and undo the evil that has been unleashed and it asks for the monkey's help. And so uh, the boys are crying because they almost killed it. Now they're all crying and uh, they promise to help it. <laughs> 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 so they go to pick it up but glick and his henchmen pop up from out of nowhere and there's a freeze frame again with the mm. words typical monkey romp on the screen and that would be an awesome shirt a shirt that says typical monkey <laughs> typical romp.
1: monkey romp yeah
0: i think that'd be fantastic so the last monkey's romp is to zoran zam the og version of zoran for zam. real yeah and Mickey's carrying the Frodus, and Mike and Davey are carrying Peter. What a pain in the ass that must have been. <laughs> for real. So, like, why couldn't they just get him out of the trance so he can run with them at the end, for crying out loud? Yeah, no,
1: you gotta carry him around the rest of the show. Yeah. So Thanks, Mick. Yeah.
0: So Glick and his henchmen aren't far behind, and they're running through the back lot in slow motion. Glick is hiding <laughs> behind a tree. Uh, the boys look absolutely miserable carrying Peter. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but they carry on a lot of low angle shots of each of them oh it, actually sorry Davy seems to be having fun but Mike looks absolutely miserable carrying Peter as you can imagine surprise surprise yeah so the henchmen still have their little TVs with the Frotus on them but the Frotus isn't in front of the camera so it shouldn't be there unless they had some sort of tape delay mm. uh, there's a super quick shot of what looks like Bob Rafelson wrapped up in a white blanket but it's actually Bert Schneider wrapped up in a white uh, blanket for some reason okay.
1: We got a Mister Schneider of some sort in this episode, at least.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the boys get to the get the Frodus to its spaceship with Glick and the henchmen close behind. The henchmen are carrying shrubs to hide behind, which is kind of funny. And uh, the boys are trying to get the Frotus to take off, and the Frotus gets, gets kind of pissed.
1: I'm charging as fast as
0: I can. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Frotus pops out of the top of the spaceship, and some more smoke pours out. And covers Glick and the henchmen who suddenly don't want to fight anymore and all groovy. I don't
1: want to fight anymore. <laughs> I just want to lay down on the grass and be cool. <laughs>
0: They're all groovy, man. And the boys rejoice and Peter snaps out of it and everyone is happy. And Mike is spinning his finger in the air. <laughs>
1: this is the extent of Mike's celebration.
0: Yeah. And that is essentially the end of the the storyline part of the monkeys series in total
1: mm-hmm. but
0: we we come back and it's tim buckley he shows up and sits down on the car that mike and frank zappa smashed in the last episode yeah and he sings a song and plays this beautiful 12 string guild acute acoustic yeah man and the song is called song to the siren and there are some really cool effects and the song is very cool and it's like a lot of zooming in and fading and a bunch of that And it's very, it's not like the zaniness of the episode at all, but it's, it's a cool performance, but I do kind of wish the monkeys themselves had the last song in the last episode of the series. Like the last musical note is not a monkeys.
1: It is weird that that's how it went out and maybe they didn't have the sequence of the series itself figured out. Cause yeah, it is, it is an odd way to go out.
0: Yeah especially very somber. It's a great, like, hey, Tim Buckley can't, you know, he can't complain. But yes. it is very strange that the, the the swan song of the monkeys is essentially Tim Buckley sitting on a car that Frank Zappa smashed. And <laughs> that's how yeah. the monkeys go out.
1: So like the the Tim Buckley clip and um, the other clips with their guest music friends, it was kind of, uh, it was definitely, the boys seemed to recognize the power that this this Monday night, promotional megaphone that they had mm-hmm. and just to use it for their friends. And they invite them on the show and kind of uh, maybe influence a new direction for the show itself. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, uh, I guess NBC did not quite agree. And so the kind of they became a mutual parting of ways instead, which is a bummer.
0: Yeah. Even in the commentary, Mickey says what they were pitching, he said it, it kind of turned into laughing like the kind of thing they were going for. And we might've mentioned this when we brought this up before, but could you imagine if that's what happened and it became as big as laughing? Like the monkeys just hit this other stride of, of entertainment and it would have been a very, like, I wonder then if let's just say that happened and Hmm. the, the laughing monkeys becomes another bump, a huge bump again. Yeah. Would we now remember the monkeys more for being TV dudes than being music dudes?
1: I don't know. Would they make the movie? Would Peter leave? Yeah. Like, uh, who knows? Like, it changes literally everything.
0: Yeah. It's love to see in the uh, monkey multiverse what happened (laughs) in that timeline. (laughs) So, um, overall thoughts for me on this episode really great editing and using flash cuts and cool angles. Like, Mickey was really feeling, I could definitely see how at this moment in time, you're feeling very creative and very, yes. um, like very good at your art kind of thing, and so you feel it's yeah. kind of like when, you, when you're in high school or like you first get into film school. Everything <laughs> you're trying, everything, everything is like confident and crazy because you don't know any better yet. There's no one yeah. there to say like, no, 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 you can't do this yet. So I think Mickey was really stretching it out, stretch like really feeling and himself, and
1: like immersed in it the whole time. Yeah and he's got so the resources available, and he's kind of on top of the world. 100%. <laughs> really? Yeah. And so like he's, he's probably feels a little bit invincible, and he's a clever dude, and he's got a lot of ideas. And um, it ends up being an episode on his director reel, which uh, set him up a little bit for his uh, future career as a director.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely did.
1: And, uh, yeah, the episode itself, very, this is what we talk about when we talk about season two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like all around. Yeah. yeah
0: super zany, <laughs> super nutty. I can remember though, when I was younger, I did not like this episode. I, I don't know no. really why. And I just, I just didn't dig it that much, but it's something that as I got older, I, I appreciated it more and more. Like I really like yeah. the, the, uh, throwbacks, like mm-hmm. the freeze frame.
1: Yeah, the like, the on screen writing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that hadn't happened a ton in a long time, but that was like a big part of the, the vibe of the early monkeys, the wackiness. Yeah, it was like pushing the, f- the the envelope, using the medium.
0: Yeah, like the was it the first episode where Peter steals a towel and says everybody yes. does it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, that's awesome. I, I wish Peter wasn't in a trance for eighty percent of the episode. <laughs> We've talked yeah. about already, but I really wish he had more to do. Like he. He had more to do last episode when he was in a trance for the whole episode.
1: <laughs> so and It's another one on the pile of Peter gets kidnapped and or brainwashed. Yeah. It feels like there's at least a dozen of these.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, other other than that, the thing, I, another thing I don't like about it, like we've already said, ending with a non-Monkey's tune is just kind of weird to me. Yeah, but, a little but, bit. You know, whatever. It would be cool if they, if let's just say they knew it was the end. If they had that kind of foresight, they got to know, and if they did, mm-hmm. like, like almost like a like a Hey Jude" kind of thing with like a whole bunch of people in the studio and them playing like, listen to the band or whatever the heck, and them doing that and <laughs> everybody gets in and you do like the the end of like the Muppets, like where they they pull out and you see all the Muppets together. They do one of those and you see the whole studio oh, yeah. and everybody's there. It's like a send off to the monkeys. And, and yeah. you know, moving towards the movie kind of thing. But again, yeah. that's, you know, revisionist history. But if I made like a Quentin Tarantino-esque movie, that's how it would end.
1: Yeah. In the moment, obviously, Mike is kind of checked out. And they're not sure about the show. And they're like, they just put out two pretty important albums. And they're about to go in the studio, like, separately to make, finish making Birds of the Bees and the Monkey. Like, they got other stuff on the go. and like
0: mm. And the movie.
1: And the movie and like, so the show is on the back burner and maybe they're just going to shut the burner off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, man. Just let, just let the gas run out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so guns in this episode, heck yeah. Gunshots are heard when the screen goes black and then the cops all have guns. Mm-hmm. So at least they went out with guns. <laughs> yeah. Um, Highlight of the show. Uh, Good banter between the guys. Davey redoing his lines in that one scene. And yeah, Mike saying Psycho Jello,"
1: <laughs> Yeah, man. Stuff like that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. And he, even though Mike has kind of checked out, he's also, when he's checked in, he's really checked in. In his, his dry, Papa yeah. Nez way. He, he, yeah,
1: when he gets the, like, the little lost and found thing with yeah, Mickey. Even exactly. though it was silly, he kind of elevated it and made yeah. it fun.
0: Yeah, put the glasses on upside down, things like that. <laughs> yep. Um, was there a monkey's ruse? Uh, maybe with the Kreebich card game. They kind of ruse that a guy bit. a little bit, but you know. A little bit. Fourth wall break, uh, Mickey chanting that he saw the last scene. <laughs> um, uh, Mike saying that it was some kind of trick, looks right at the camera. And also like when they walk from the inside to the outside Yeah. and it's just uh, not even a wall, it's just the wall ends there. That's kind yeah. of, a, that's a literal fourth wall break.
1: <laughs> They're missing a wall or two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, best musical moment for me, early version of Zoran Zam. I do prefer the second version, but it's fun to hear this one too.
1: Uh, definitely, yes. And uh, we we talked about it a little when it came out of the hat, but um, well, Zoran Zam was supposed to be the basis of a, of a Saturday morning TV show.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: But uh, that didn't happen. And uh, later on in the reruns, they replaced this uh, song with uh, I Never Thought It Peculiar from Changes.
0: Oh, God, really? I never thought it peculiar.
1: Like, without, I guess it was a different arrangement without, like, the brass and the strings. But, like, it's, it's not a song like this. It's not a slow-motion quasi-romp <laughs> song. It's like the Davy Jones kind of soft shoe. Like, what? Go yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Like, they would. I think they were just sticking the songs in because they were the songs available. I agree, but that's... Regardless uh... of what this show is about. And um, <laughs> also, they probably on Saturday morning didn't want this song about war and stuff.
0: Perhaps, I guess.
1: Because it is absolutely the most uh, statement, like the most saying something political song. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. in the whole monkey's repertoire.
0: Now that Mommy and Daddy as well has a... That, yes. A <laughs> so, message. yes,
1: there's... Those two, those two are kind of like heavy. The two sides of the same coin, yeah. like that. The statement songs,
0: exactly, exactly. Classic monkeys moment. There's so many of them, but he's gone. One of them, uh, uh-huh. the freeze frame with the words written on is another one. The the rocking the film back and forth, another one. There's Mickey was hitting hitting them all. Yeah. Uh, what wouldn't fly in 2022? I think it's pretty pretty harmless. I think.
1: Yeah, it's all right. Pretty uh, yeah, nothing nothing overtly offensive. Maybe uh, a little Hitler clip, in yeah. Kids show. That's true. Doesn't happen nowadays. No,
0: no, it doesn't. The only thing it really insults is your intelligence when it just uses a football as an alien, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh the two headed org.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, other than that, yeah, pretty good. Um. So here we are to the final. Did you know Um. The Monkees asked the Beatles for the use of good, good Morning, Good Morning, and the Beatles were such fans of the Monkees that they let them use the song for free, and it was the first time a, the Beatles had let any of their songs be used for TV or film, other than their own movies, of course.
1: That That is pretty impressive, because, yeah, it's hard to... Have, at least, Well, it's different now, but you know, the Beatles just didn't show up in stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, ironic because... Good Morning, Good Morning comes off of Sergeant Pfeffers, which knocked headquarters off the top of the charts. And also, you briefly hear Davy singing Hello Goodbye in this episode. Hello, hello. <laughs> and that would go on to be the song that knocks Daydream Believer out of number one.
0: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: the monkeys are referencing things that, <laughs> the, referencing Beatles things that eventually knocked him out of a number one spot somewhere.
0: See, when I first heard, I saw this episode before I'd heard Sergeant Pepper, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when I heard Sergeant Pepper, I was like, "Oh, this is the playing <laughs> that Monkey song." Like, I thought, yeah. I I think I thought it was the Monkeys singing, yeah. good, just singing that just to wake up to. You know what I mean? I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. what it was, and then when I did it, I was like, "Oh shoot, look at that!" But it is so cool. When the,
1: so when that Sergeant Pepper's reprise comes up, and the uh the sounds of science beat. Yeah, from uh, Falls Tigger. What the? What the? What?
0: Heck yeah, man! Glick's henchmen are played by Richard Klein, David Pearl, David Price, and Bruce Paul Barber, who are all the monkey stand-ins as we knew. And Barber is actually Mike's <laughs> brother-in-law. So, yeah, mixing. Uh, That's pretty cool. Family and business never works out.
1: And then Mike mentions like that main, uh, <laughs> the main henchman guy was uh, his best man at his wedding.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. Which is crazy.
1: They're like a like a like a big family, these guys in their stand-ins.
0: <laughs> it's true. Maybe they just had them stand in like in real life. Like if they had to go like to the grocery store, it's like, look, can you just I'll pay for it, but you stay in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um the title of the episode, oh, I always say it's wrong. Mijukojo, Kojo. right? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Mijukojo was the name of Mickey's childhood dog. And that name was taken from the names of his family members. His mom was Janelle, his sister was Coco, and his dad was George. So that's how they named yeah. their pup, which is a cool way of naming your dog. The family dog is the family name.
1: That, that is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And uh, so the reason that Peter and Mickey were allowed to direct episodes was because they, stuck a, they had to strike a compromise with Bob Rafelson and Bert Schneider because the monkeys originally wanted to direct themselves and head. But uh, the Bob and Bert didn't want that, so they said they could each direct a couple of episodes of the TV series. And I think Davy and Mike just didn't. I couldn't. Mike just didn't want to be bothered with it, and I don't know if Davy cared either.
1: Yeah, Mike wasn't into the the visual arts quite yet. Yeah, he was, he was talking very about much that. into the music. But then later on, Mister Nesmith, yeah, does some stuff with the video form.
0: I wonder if he ever regretted not. I bet you he didn't, because I don't think he had many real regrets in his life. But uh, if he regretted not, just why not just do an episode and direct one? Yeah, I don't know. I style. think
1: uh, but I think it has to do with his general interest level.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But I think yeah, I, I don't know. He might have been really, he might have been a hard ass if he was a director. and yeah, Everyone true. just ends up being pissed at him.
0: Yeah, he's like the David Fincher of the monkey series, doing like 90 <laughs> takes and things. <laughs> oh, my God. The two headed org is the only thing that the monkeys ever killed on their show. Just if you're huh. keeping score. Um, the, ch- the chant that they say is a Buddhist mantra, and its translation is I devote myself to the Lotus Sutra of the Wonderful Law. So I don't right. know what uh, cereal Mickey was eating, but uh, it's pretty deep. <laughs> uh, the name Frotus Flakes,
1: all the way. Yeah,
0: Frotus Flakes. The name Wizard Glick became the pseudonym of the sexploitation filmmaker Jack Bravman. And uh, his movies are uh, Sex Styles of the Rich and Famous, Girl Busters, Flash Pants, Honey Throat, <laughs> Swedish Sorority Girls, Night of the Spanish Fly, and All in the Sex Family, and my favorite, <laughs> Sex Family Robinson. <laughs>
1: I mean, I wasn't sure how are you going to top Flash Pants, <laughs> but you done did it, Paco.
0: <laughs> man, oh, man. See, there's one thing in the adult film industry they've lost is funny titles of things. Yeah, it was it's a lost art, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I would have loved to. That been my job. So much fun. So to kind of do weird, less weird things, the word Frotus was the monkey's code for marijuana, and they referred Whoa. to the room that was built to them as the Frotus Room, also known as the Black Box. Oh, okay. So which is why there's always smoke pouring out of the Frotus room and why Niles was always so high. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so Rip Taylor, he has 115 credits as himself. <laughs> and, what
1: the fuck else is he going to do? And
0: another 55 credits as him acting as other people, I guess. The the gl- Wizard Glick falls into that category. I guess like, but it's- He's been in. He's been on every talk show. He's been in the Jackass movies, Hollywood Squares, the WWE. He was also wow. in The Monkeys Take the Wheel, Wayne's World Two. A lot of voice work like Ducktales, The Snorks, uh, Garfield and Friends, The Adams Family, like everything. Wow. Huh. Uh, Niles Brown. He has three credits. He was also <laughs> in The Monkeys Marooned and The Monkeys in Texas. <laughs> so that's two other <laughs> credits so the three credits are probably three monkeys movies <laughs> all
1: monkey movies
0: yeah uh, Tony movies, Giorgio sorry. who played the guard he has 58 credits he, the reason I bring him up is he was in The Godfather I for Dream sure. of Genie, The A-Team Charlie's Angels Give Me a Break and Moonlighting are some of them so he, you know he made it around. the cross section yeah yeah and that right there is, uh, is all I've got for uh, the Frodo's caper
1: it's a series rap on the old monkeys,
0: yeah, series rap, kind of crazy. We don't have any songs to pull from the hat. So I was just uh-huh. thinking, we'll just go into a little bit about about this whole this whole journey we've been on, like <laughs> it's very
1: I can't believe it, like like, to, like, like the last few episodes I'm of, like, yeah, pretty soon we're doing the last one. It's like, yeah, here it is, What's
0: yeah, up? and it's like, so, so we'll give you a little bit of history, I guess here. We've been talking about doing a podcast of some persuasion. And one yeah. of the ones I was like, oh, maybe we could do like like historic rock moments, but then do them as like like a radio play kind of thing, like actors acting yeah. it out. Like you were there kind of a deal. And that that would have been a nightmare.
1: Like, like a scripted thing. Yeah, exactly. Acting out like, yeah, stuff like, I don't know, like when John met Paul or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Things like that or when... Jimi Hendrix faked being gay to get out of the army, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so and then one day I can't r I, I think it was me who said to you, like, hey man, what about the monkeys? Because it's something we both really like a lot. It's a niche uh-huh. thing. And and yeah. because of the episodic television, it's like we could just break down each episode. Uh-huh. And I think as soon as we kind of came to that conclusion, it was very obvious. Like yeah, that's what we're doing is the monkeys.
1: <laughs> we spend an awful lot of time just talking about and listening to the monkeys anyway. And it had kind of gone away a little bit, at least for me. Same. So it was really a good opportunity to kind of get back into it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, your idea to have, like, sort of like making an episode guide kind of thing, but we also kind of talk about our experiences with it, that kind of gave it some structure and, like, gave us something to talk about. And then... Later on, I was like, hey, how about, like, can't just talk about the show. Let's kind of find a way to talk about the music, mm-hmm. but, like, kind of make it interesting and, like, not just a chronological thing or, like, like yeah. prepare a countdown ahead of time and count it all down. Now, we got to figure out what could we do. And we eventually kind of developed the hat thing.
0: Yeah, because I remember my idea was we start in the middle and we go towards the best song and towards <laughs> the worst song. That's what I had. But then you came up, like... On the fly, maybe you didn't come up with the idea right at the moment. But to me, you just were like, hey, I got this idea. How about yeah. we put all the songs in a hat and we pull them out. And then that's how we put them in an order. And I was like, oh, that's great. Because then it's yeah. not only is it like what's going to be number one, because number one can keep shifting. But it's also like what's right. going to be left. Like you keep waiting to see what's, what are they going to pull out <laughs> this week. And even for us, like it was 100% a random reach in and pull out a piece of paper every time. We didn't have any set up to match up any nope. dates or anything like that.
1: <laughs> no, uh, that was an early thing it was at first it was like, let's, let's match up the dates of each episode to the date it came out. Because when we started doing it, it was like August and we're like, Oh, oh yeah. hit the September dates and everything. That's a little bit too cute. <laughs> yeah, And it was not going to be sustainable, but it was, it was an idea we had.
0: Yeah, exactly. We worked <laughs> through some different things. And also for like a behind the scenes kind of thing, when we first started out, it was summer 2019. Yeah. And Jeff would drive. We live about four hours away from each other. And Jeff, I was working in the studio. So Jeff would drive up. We'd go into this place, which we realized we didn't even need to go in there. But at the time, <laughs> at first, like, we should go into the studio and do it there. And
1: we- I would, think it helped, it helped to keep us focused, at least uh, definitely for the first one. Exactly. Because yeah. we had a job to do.
0: Yeah. And we uh, we got in there. And we would record four episodes on Saturday and four episodes on Sunday. And then Jeff would leave and I would have to edit these eight episodes together. And (laughs) that is looking back on, I remember being in a mad dash to try to, because to write out the episodes took much longer than I thought it would. I'd be like, oh, a half hour, probably take 45 minutes to go through and write it out. (laughs) But really it takes like over an hour, hour and a half to go through it. And so I remember just having to cram in these eight episodes and just freaking out, doing in the morning of getting up at like five in the morning. Oh yeah! And it and was. Then what intense. did we do
1: in November? We did it again. Yeah. November twenty nineteen. Yep, you came back. Same thing on the weekend. Did it again. Couple episodes. Get a pizza. Couple more episodes. <laughs> then the next day. Couple episodes. Get some Popeyes. Couple more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> We did that exact same thing in February, leap day weekend. Yep, the last time we were in,
0: f- in person.
1: Yes. And then <laughs> anyone who's been on earth knows what <laughs> happened in March 2020. <laughs> would, yeah, I, the shit hit the proverbial fan.
0: Yeah, man. It was a uh, it's it's crazy not just to think what we've gone through with this this podcast, but the entire <laughs> world went through so much since we started this podcast till this moment.
1: Yeah, man. And like Right away, was like, how are we going to do the podcast? We still had some episodes in the can. Yeah, yeah. And um, like, right, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? What about what this Zoom stuff? Let's try this. And also, kind of engineered. Okay, if we just like recorded a Zoom conversation, it's going to sound like crap. Mm-hmm. So, like we'll have the Zoom conversation but also be recording ourselves on each end with a good mic, with a pop screen, with a recording dealy. Yeah. Luckily I have all these things from just being a music dude over the years. So just converting this whole thing to a a remote deal didn't didn't cost me a damn dime, which was cool. <laughs> and then of course we had to find out if it was gonna work that way. Which yeah. is which what begat our uh Pull It Live review special.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> the first thing we did that wasn't a monkeys episode because we weren't even sure how or if it was going to work. Yeah. And then it totally did. And it's got an awful lot of listen since. And we've done an awful lot more kind of one-off special since as well. So it's, it's been mm-hmm. quite the ride, man.
0: Yeah. And honestly would be with this thing. When we first started, we we're like, Oh, could, what do we want to get out of it? This and that. And it was really just to do it, to get yeah. other monkeys fans to get into it. And we, the, those of you who are listening and have come back every week, thank you. It's awesome. We're glad you did because we know we're not your average monkeys fans if you just have to look at the countdown <laughs> to, to, to see yeah. that. But uh, since then, man, like we have both had lengthy conversations with Mike Nesmith. Yes. Like- and, and definitely for me with the countdown l- – we, like revisiting some songs, hearing some songs I might have only heard once or twice in my life, probably, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But having to pay attention to all these different things has definitely given me a much more rounded, uh, audible view of the monkeys catalog. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And just being able to sort of <laughs> say to being out there saying stuff about the monkeys and promoting the show and the music and like, like maybe some lapsed fans who aren't, they used to be into it. We'll get back into it again. Like we did like mm-hmm. pretty deep because the monkeys are this, you know, the coolest. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else quite like it. Yeah. Like we got some perspective on, you know, the last half of the 20th century now. And there was like pop culture wise, there was nothing else quite like the monkeys.
0: 100%. Yeah. They're their own thing in so many different ways. And, uh, and it's also great to see how many people are still into them. And young people are still getting into the monkeys, which <laughs> yes. is crazy. Yes, I've seen
1: a lot of that on Instagram. People doing like the video edits and just like fan art and everything. Is yeah. just Like teenagers are into the monkeys. It just It's just so appealing. And everybody just, once you get into them, it's it's hard to get out of them.
0: It's true. And because of the times too, there's a lot more... Uh, footage of them because of the show and stuff like that then like if you really get into the birds it's like there's a lot of music and stuff but there's not a lot of who they are kind of thing and the monkeys really plugs into that and for people who want to look back at the 60s the monkeys at points are so 60s that it lives up to everybody's (laughs) idea of what the 60s are
1: kind of yeah like it's absolutely a, a time capsule of the 60s themselves and like you touch the the birds thing you touch on there, like we have these twenty nine hours where we get to visually interact with the monkeys and they're they're Mike and Mickey and Peter and Davy. They're not playing. They're well, they're technically kind of playing exaggerated versions of themselves, but it's them and they're talking. Uh, you don't like you didn't see a, just a Roger McGuinn talking to David Crosby about. <laughs> what's for breakfast that day too often like just, just have that interaction and have them being this this band on the show that's kind of like a struggling band but easy to root for and um way, oh, here's some songs <laughs> like it was just such a, a neat concept yeah and just kind of like it's just because like hey guys what about like bob and bert were like okay how about hard day's night except american and on tv yeah exactly that was kind of the jump off and uh, we're still talking about it today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we, we have to bring up uh, this week, uh, Bob Rafelson passed away. Yeah, man. And uh, let's face it, we wouldn't be here doing this. We probably wouldn't know the names of the monkeys, if, you know, <laughs> For real, man. without him and his vision. And this really came from Bob Rafelson and mm-hmm. him... Embracing the 60s, seeing what young people wanted to see when other people could not grasp that. Yes. And uh, making this reality and really pushing it and allowing, like, the stuff the monkeys were doing is zany wackiness that's on NBC in prime time and is an enormous hit with young people, which is exactly what they needed. And that all came from, like, Bob and Bert. Something
1: like just. Picking those four guys, yeah, um, getting voice and heart, like just crafting this whole thing. It was just such an accomplishment, and it's what, what more can we say about it? We've been talking about it for hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, it's he's a big part of that, and very innovative guy. He's he directed that Monkeys on Tour mm-hmm. episode that we did a two-parter about, which is like the first documentary, like a tour document.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it was very cool and very it's it's hard to get perspective on just how unusual that was.
0: hmm And also now he goes on to direct head and then mm-hmm. you got he produces and helps write with Jack Nicholson, uh, easy rider. Oh, yeah. Five easy pieces. Like he he launches himself into like a real career. Like there's um a book called um I've I've mentioned it before, Easy Riders to Raging Bulls. And it's uh-huh. about the '70s independent movement, and Bob Rafelson is all over it. And he, he was bought
1: that for you for Christmas the one year I couldn't find a screenplay for you. Yeah, I'm not sure though. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it was he was a wild man, like wild man, <laughs> wild. And uh, so yeah, it's a it's a shame to lose Bob this week, but at least we were still doing this, so we could give him a little bit of a a mention. For sure. And so yeah there's uh since we started this we've lost many in the monkeys camp
1: It's a trip man like <laughs> Mike himself uh Adam Adam Schlesinger
0: yeah and now Bob
1: it is it is quite a weird deal to be doing this and to be able to talk about the people yeah. in real time as it happens it's strange Yeah it's crazy but, uh, Wow
0: but yeah, we don't want to go out on a, on, a, on a bummer note. And we will also let you know, we will be back. We are doing the Monkey's Movie Head, which will probably be at oh, least yeah. a, a two-parter. But we're taking That's, some time off. Oof, definitely. Probably the rest and of the summer. And we're also going
1: to do... Uh, you could also look forward to uh, a big uh, Random countdown countdown wrap-up special.
0: Correct. We have that coming up. And we also have a couple other specials coming. So... Don't worry, you're not losing Podcast Valley Sunday forever. <laughs> just, That's right. Just for a little bit. We're going to be uh, spread out a little bit more, but you'll still be able to hear our, our sultry voices. Yeah,
1: we, <laughs> we still got some surprises up our sleeves.
0: Yes. Yes, we do. All right, Jeff. I think we've, we've come to the end here of our monkeys <laughs> extravaganza. It has been a blast. <laughs> It, Absolutely. It it's it's kind of funny I'm now going on a little rant. When I do think of the first season early episodes, it now makes me think of our first season early episodes. <laughs> totally. So I, I have this double nostalgia bubble of like <laughs> what it was like to get back into the monkeys to see these things again and uh Yeah, it's been a trip, it's man. It's a trip.
1: I'm uh, yeah, definitely a trip and I think uh a lot of the value for me is getting to hang out with you exactly. every couple of weeks yep. cuz like you said we're a few hours apart. We get to hang out at Christmas, maybe once or twice during the year, but uh, this has been the best.
0: Yeah, no, that's all. That's been the best part: hanging out, talking monkeys, delving into it, knowing that like our 1992 selves get to look forward to doing this <laughs> is also cool to me.
1: A couple, a couple of idiots with the camcorder, yeah, would be would be thrilled to know what we ended up getting into.
0: Exactly
1: in, in like 25 years. <laughs>
0: exactly so everyone thank you for sticking with us for all these episodes please go back listen to them again I'm probably going to go back and listen to them I haven't since I've edited them so it'll be fun uh, yeah and, uh, I don't
1: know how, uh, however you listen to it if you go on YouTube and listen to the episodes you can comment on the episodes let us know what
0: you think come yep. say hi yep and they're all in a playlist there easy to find easy to find easy to get to the next one
1: easy to share with your friends
0: there <laughs> you go alright y'all so, from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening.
1: Thank you. Bye bye.
0: My jacket.